0: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. This is R.J. Bell's Dream Preview College Basketball Edition. I am A.J. Hoffman. He is Griffin Warner. Griffin, how you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing fine, A.J. Uh, I got to say, Saturday was the roughest day of my college basketball season. Um, I'll leave it at that. Uh, didn't start well when the minus two and a half favorite Iowa won by two with foul of 1.1 seconds left just like you knew that was coming um and uh you know back a little bit back to the drawing board but disappointed also my best bet um man we're gonna talk about Texas in a little bit but uh what an incredible comeback um it's nice for my alma mater to get a win but not so nice when i bet again not them. nice for the pocketbook yeah it was a rough saturday
0: for me as well um I started the game with that same Iowa loss that had no business being a loser. Um, and then I followed or I ended the night with a Gonzaga plus four, um, which leading the entire game and it goes to overtime and you know it, why it,
1: it, they don't call it undertime or underdog it, time.
0: They do not. So that was a painful way to go. But it's uh, you know, it is what it is. That's the that's the way the cookie crumbles. Sometimes this was the first zero and two best bet uh pod for the last pod was the first zero and two for us in what oh like three two and a half months three months. I mean, it's been a, a
1: long time. We've been we've been rolling. Um, I'm a little disappointed that we both lost and had a bad Saturday together, but I guess it was bound to happen. We had done so many digging and donging and two and O's you know, out there that I guess. I guess we had to give some back to the uh, bookmakers, but uh, we're not taking it lightly. We're going to stop doing that. We're going to only take from said bookmaker, bookmaker going forward. Yeah, and for me, it
0: was it was frustrating because it was a lot of the teams that I've started to trust who kind of broke my trust again. Uh, Creighton being one of those who I, I thought they were just going to smash Villanova. I almost added more to my, my Creighton position. I was telling you before the game tipped off. I was like, man, I wish I had more money on these guys, and then they didn't cover. Um, you know, uh, Wyoming, who I had started to feel good about, just non-competitive against a, a crummy San Jose State team. So it it was a really frustrating day. I, I guess I'll shout out uh, Miami, who actually did what I expected them to do, who cool. won outright as dogs. And I'll give Utah State some love. Though we're going to get to them later in the pod, so uh, it, at least some teams knew what they were supposed to do and, and did the job. But it was not a uh, not a it was a bloody weekend for your boys here. So hopefully, get back on track here. We're going to do what we normally do and go through the biggest games on the schedule, and we'll hit you guys with a promo code and get to best bets at the end. And we're going to start with a doozy. We're going to go with the fighting Texas Longhorns at the Kansas Jayhawks, the Jayhawks were projecting as a three point favorite. And I guess you probably wouldn't have expected around the time that Chris Beard got fired or really that Chris Beard left the team that we would be at this point in February and saying, yep, Texas catching three at Kansas at the fog. Basically these teams are even is what we're saying. You surprised as I am.
1: Uh, Fairly surprised about leading the Big 12 outright right now as well. Like, I don't know the last time that happened. Uh, probably a Rick Barnes uh, time. Um, Rodney Terry's messing around, and he might somehow get this job that he doesn't deserve, which is going to really set us back as a program more so than our coach choking his fiance. So I just, uh, I'm surprised. I'm pumped. I'm kind of... A little bit of a naysayer, not really believing in it, betting against it a fair amount so far this year to good results until K-State this weekend. But what a comeback. Uh, incredible contributions from Christian Bishop, who literally has been a rebounder and a dunker for two years. Uh, Marcus Carr didn't do a thing. But Serge Jabari Rice, we need to keep the sir in his name. What a performance.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm going to say this about Texas. They've got eight games left. If they go six and two, and they split with Kansas and have a, a decent run in the Big 12 tourney, let's say they get to the semifinals of the Big 12 tourney, they're going to be in the conversation as a one seed, which is pretty incredible. When you never think happens. never, yeah. ever happens for us. But here's what they've avoided. They don't have a single like bad loss this year. Their worst loss is an overtime loss on a neutral court to Illinois like that's if that's your worst loss you're in pretty good shape you know like that's uh and in pl- the Big 12 is getting so much love like the Big 12 they're talking about how th- this season may break the rules because never before have they had to have so many teams from one conference on the top 4 seed lines cuz usually you know you don't play a, a team uh, on the first weekend that's in your conference but because there's going to be so many Big Twelve teams on that first four uh, seed line, it's om- it's going to be unavoidable. Like there could be nine teams on the first four seed line. For, I mean, which is just absurd. So Texas is is getting a lot of respect right now, and it, it feels like rightfully so. The question is, is it too much? Uh, and you're coming off a big win at Kansas State, feeling good. I think the best thing that could have happened to Texas would have been uh, Kansas winning uh, at Iowa State. Instead, they were non-competitive. But then it's also you can look at it on on the other side of the coin. Kansas has lost, you know, four of their last five conference games. Like, there's starting to be there's something not right with this team, and beating Kentucky on the road maybe turned our heads away from it for a minute. But there's clearly this team's not as good as we thought it was a month ago. They're just not. So does Texas have what it takes to uh,
1: to to knock off the Jayhawks? I think you have to say they do. Um, Kansas has been a really great home team for a long time, but they've shown some vulnerabilities. I mean, the blowout loss TCU still – like makes me scratch my head, but uh, it happened. We watched it and it was very prominent on a Las Vegas big screen when I was staring at it being like, is this really happening? Am I still drink? Am I drunk? Am I still drinking? What's happening here? Maybe both of that answer. But um, I think KU, you always got to expect them to win home games. I mean, Bill Self's record at home has been incredible. He had like less losses at home than conference titles, but um uh, that's starting to change a little bit i think if there's ever a time for a texas program to do it we've we've had some success at the fog no one ever has success there but we've won there before um i know kd won i know it's happened since then as well i think thomas robinson when his mom died like that was a big excuse for why they lost et as well and it's just like one of those things where we've been there we've done well um this coaching staff really i mean coach terry's been around a long long time so it's not that new problem is like how do you go into the fog and only take three and a half points is what i'm seeing right now um i just that's still so small it's a little bit surprising though based on how like texas has been a favorite on like all these road games in the big 12 and maybe that makes sense to why they're uh leading the conference right now Uh, i think this is a coin flip of any coin flip that we've had in the past like usually I think there was like a a five-year streak in a row where I would just play the Kansas money line every time against Texas because we had no chance, really. Uh, I don't think I ever lost. But this one, I I definitely wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. I I feel like this is a game Texas can win. Uh,
0: I feel that same way, and here's why I'm not going to be involved in Texas. This is the exact way I felt before the Texas-Tennessee game. I was like, oh. Texas getting four and a half, five points at Tennessee. Like, I feel like Texas is pretty good. My, my, and then they just, I mean, Tennessee punked them out. I don't think Kansas is as good as Tennessee is, but I could feel, I could see them it, it sort of, I could see Texas sort of buckling under the pressure again of playing that big road spot. And when you look at the toughest road games they've played this year, it, Iowa state and Tennessee, n- neither time were they competitive. So that that's what concerns me. Um, so it's probably a pass, but I certainly can't even look at Kansas right now, uh, given that these two teams are kind of moving in opposite directions, it feels like. So, um, yeah. I mean, I, you I, probably
1: I, don't want to spend more time on this, I get. But, like, I mean, there are some good road wins on there. I mean, like winning at K-State right here against a, an army of people screaming wearing purple was... No doubt. Something that they're well, West, West Virginia is a good road for. win. Say, I mean Oklahoma, Oklahoma State are not that bad either. I mean Oklahoma has not been doing very well lately, and Oklahoma State's trying to make their their kind of charge the NCAA tournament. Well, how like, about this though, Griffin? When yeah. I, I these are the two the two teams that they played.
0: Well, really, the one team that they played that has comparable talent to them is probably Tennessee, uh, and that's what concerns me because Kansas has comparable talent to Texas. This isn't. I mean, obviously, the building is what the building is. It's a tough place to play. It's it's always been a tough place to play. Like, but, but like I, West Virginia is a tough place to play. I don't think their talent's as good as Texas's. Kansas State, tough place to play. Their talent isn't as good as Texas's. So, like, this is a team that's got talent to match, and they've got a tough place to a tough building to
1: play in. That's what's going to end up passing this one for me. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very much in the home court matters this season camp. It's worked very well so far. I think KU, just based on who they are and what they've done for umpteen years and me watching this sport, maybe 30 at this point, um, I'm just not interested in losing money against the Jayhawks in a in, a, in a in an arena where the floor shakes. I'm just not doing that. <laughs> Fair enough.
0: All right, let's go to the ACC. We're going to look at North Carolina State at Virginia Virginia, we're gonna project as seven point favorites here. Uh, this feels like if if you'd made this line two, three weeks ago, it would have been Virginia minus four. Does that present value on NC State or are these teams both different than they were a few weeks back?
1: Uh so I think NC or I thought NC State was a lot better. Um I think coming into conference play, I feel like they've done nothing to really change my opinion on them. Uh, But I think Virginia has done a lot to really make it. I I was strongly doubting their high three point percentage numbers being like, no way are they going to keep shooting 38% for the entire season. Well, I feel like it's been going up since I was saying that um, they had a really great performance on the road when I was like, perfect spot, love backing Wake Forest at home as at home underdog to Virginia. And, and basically Tony Bennett went in there and did anything he wanted with that team. Um, I'm surprised with the growth on how well they shoot now, but that to me was their biggest problem last year. They're a two point jump shooting team and unfortunately those like barely make the NCAA tournament or the NIT um, this year they're a lot better at making three point shots. The addition of Ben Vanderplas from Ohio was huge. Um, not really seemingly that huge cause he's not that great, but I think it spreads the offense a little bit. makes them better. And while their defense isn't Virginia like that, we know it's still a lot better than most teams they play. So, um, I don't know that I'm really interested in going against Virginia right now. Um, cause I think we can trust that they're gonna play a good game of basketball. They're not gonna take ridiculous chances and turn the ball over. And if they shoot well, which they should at home shoot better than NC State will, uh, I don't really feel like even eight points is enough for me to want to get in the way of that. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough for me to
0: lay big numbers with Virginia because it like it has to be a real like a, a slow cooking it, it's got to come uh, over time like it's it's a two points here then five minutes later the lead's up to four like it and it's because they don't run any kind of tempo like they just move so slow that if they miss a shot it feels like they just miss three shots so it's hard for me to lay a big number with them but then I I look at the end of the games and it's like oh they covered the big number again like it, that's what they just keep doing it the reason why I think they may have a hard time covering against NC State is, and one of the things Virginia does really well is they don't turn the ball over. And when you play super slow, you you have to play good defense for one. And like you said, it's it's good. It's not great. It's not like you know championship year Virginia defense, but you can't turn the ball over. So good defense, no turnovers. NC State doesn't turn the ball over either. NC State is second in turnover rate in in the in the country, like so if virginia can't turn NC state over and NC state can have some clean possessions i'd lean to them being able to stay in this number but i'm a little nervous to get in the way of virginia because they just have a way of like i said slow cooking teams uh and and it doesn't feel like they're gonna they're gonna do it, but by the end of the game, they've gone and covered a big number. So yeah,
1: I mean you you definitely need as many shots as possible against Virginia if turnovers will kill you. I think the problem from my perspective just with NC State is I think they still want to play an up tempo game and they won't get that from Virginia. So I feel like even in the half court if they're not turning over, the shooting numbers might look fairly ugly by the time we get to the second half of the game. All right. Let's go to the belt and
0: the sun belt where I think we've got a a doozy here with two of the best mid-majors in the country going at it. We've got the raging Cajuns of Louisiana going on the road and taking on Southern Miss. We're going to project this one at around four. Uh, Louisiana, quietly, the the third-longest win streak in the country, have won 10 in a row, and they just housed marshall who is very good uh of course that was at home but they dominated marshall over the weekend southern miss has been i I think a team that you and i have both been fans of uh and they've continued to to do good work at least for for ats backers uh what do you see in this matchup and do you think the cajuns can keep their win streak rolling
1: so I actually backed the Raiden Cages. I think on the road at Drake earlier this year, not did not go very well. Um, a lot of that team's success, I think, hinges on Jordan Brown and his foul situation. Um, it got really ugly in that Drake game. He's a Nevada transfer who was like killing it, then moved to Arizona, and then somehow found his way to Lafayette, Louisiana. Um, bizarre. Can't say I've seen that path charted too many times, but... <laughs> Um, They did beat Southern Miss earlier in the year in a home game. So that's something to think about. Um, And looks like it was not very close with an average lead of over nine points for Louisiana Lafayette. I think it's going to be a big switch here. And from watching the Southern Miss Drake game, which I know we or excuse me, Troy game that we had talked about. Um, I was pretty impressed with what I saw. Um, Didn't know that Southern Miss was the oldest team in the country, which is going to help them a lot, I think, especially with prep for a second matchup, more so than what you'd expect from Louisiana. Um, I don't know that necessarily I trust Louisiana defense to be good enough, because that, to me, was their real problem area at Drake early in the season. Against Texas, it looked really, really bad, and they gave up 100 points. I mean, very different cream of the crop type of opponent here uh, with Southern Miss, but a good team nonetheless, and one that I think knows what they're doing and is playing really well. So, uh, good matchup. I'm happy to give it some uh, publicity. I'm sure we've got a lot of listeners in in, uh, Lafayette and also in Hattiesburg. Is that right? Yeah. Um, Wasn't sure, but figured out. I don't know about a lot. But Yeah, yeah. a lot, something. Um, I I lean to the home team, um, but I think four points seems a little bit cheap for them. It it kind
0: of feels that way, too. Uh, Here's my concern. Louisiana, you did say they've got some defensive deficiencies, and they do, but most of the teams that have punished them for that, including Texas, have done it from three. And Southern Miss is a poor three-point shooting team. Not only are they a poor three-point shooting team, they – they honestly don't try very much to shoot from three, which you know obviously is a wise move if you're a poor three point shooting team. But Louisiana is pretty solid in, on the interior defensively, and that's that's why I think they may be hard to run away from here. Uh, as fun as the, I wanted to talk about this game, because I do think it was like I wanted to shine a light on some teams that we haven't talked about a lot this year. Uh, but it's hard for me to pick. It feels like this number is pretty close to right. If it, if it does come out at around four. Uh, these two teams both feel like they're capable of of a big night. I'd probably lean to Southern Miss mostly because the the losses that we've seen out of Louisiana have come on the road. Uh, so clearly their home court it plays a big factor for for their success. Uh, and like you said, the the win early this season didn't uh, like. I don't know it, it, revenge. It, I I never wonder. I always wonder if like revenge is it, it, like. Do you automatically lean that way, or do you look at the first game and go, no, they they were just better? And I find myself, whichever side I'm leaning to, kind of forcing my opinion to believe that 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 one is true, yeah. Yeah. which isn't which yeah. isn't fair. Uh, and, but in this instance, again, I don't have a good feel for if if this is a good revenge spot or if. Louisiana is just a bad matchup uh, for Southern Miss, so it'll probably be a pass
1: for me, but I do think it's a fun game to watch this week. I think uh, to the revenge standpoint, hard to say, obviously, and it's very different from one time to another. I do think in blowouts, that's something that is hard to reverse, but we've also seen that happen. I just think if if Louisiana Lafayette closes a four-point underdog on the road at Southern Miss then that's a very, very respectful number coming out. And there's clearly a lot of people that like Louisiana in that game. So uh, it'd be something I'm certainly willing to watch and look out for because that might make uh, Southern Miss a little bit lower in the power ratings of the market for college basketball and maybe Louisiana a little bit higher. All right, let's look at
0: the Big Ten where we've got two teams coming off, uh, well, wins. I'll say a a huge win for Indiana uh, as they come off a win over the number one team in the country, Purdue, although they nearly found a way to blow that thing they had a huge lead and it it came down to the wire. Uh, But Rutgers played one of the ugliest games imaginable against Michigan state. I was on Rutgers money line and it was just painful, painful to watch. Like neither team could create any offense. It was just terrible, (laughs) terrible basketball. We're going to project Indiana is about a three, three and a half point favorite here. Are, are we catching Indiana uh, riding a little high here? Is there is the market going to overvalue the Hoosiers coming off the Purdue win? Or is this, again, another case of Rutgers away from the rack that you just don't want anything to do with them?
1: I, I don't really see any reason to change that. I feel like uh, besides – tough free throw shooting losses at the end, these like short big 10 favorites at home at three points or less. I mean, they're hitting at a pretty high rate, certainly lose sometimes frustrating fashions. Of course, of course, but um, I don't see any reason to believe in the Rutgers offense. Cause it, to me, it seems like they're a, a home team offense works. They get to foul a lot more. They get to create more offense. They get to really bully you better than they do on the road. It's not the same for them. And that, unfortunately, the venue change, I think it also co- coincides with referees treating you differently. And uh I don't really see that changing here. It's going to be a really tough place for them to play. Um, Indiana coming off a big win. It's huge for them, especially as we outline their struggles with Purdue uh, over the years. But they're trying to get their way into the NCAA tournament. I don't think that a lot of these teams can celebrate these wins too much. Um, And I just feel like Rutgers they're going to really have to go out there and with their one three-point shooter, and he's going to have to have a good night. And I just feel like I don't trust Spencer enough to, to rely on him in that type of situation. So Indiana or nothing for me. I would say three and a half, much more likely than three. But even those numbers seem very small to me.
0: Yeah, I uh, tend to agree. And they blew Indiana out at home, 63-48. But that was a long time ago, December 3rd. Rutgers is weird to me in that I've watched them play a few times. I don't think they're very good, but their their analytics are incredible. Like this is they are the fifteenth ranked team in Ken Palm, and I'm like, there's
1: no way that I couldn't find twenty teams better than Rutgers. Like defensive that I would... bias, that's what it is to me. I feel like Kenny. I don't know what like snowflake thing he was building way back when, but I feel like that's why Wisconsin has always loved these things, and Virginia was too. Um, I just feel like no matter what the, if you're going to be a great offensive team, I think there is some truth that defense travels, but I just, I don't really believe in a lot of these metric systems in those areas. I think they overrate defense quite a bit.
0: It's gotta be. And,
1: you know, Rutgers
0: has, you know, they do have a win on the road at Purdue that is going to look good until the end of the season. But the idea that, you know, they've, they're, they're sitting at, 8-4 Eight and four in the Big Ten, which I, I don't know how good the Big Ten really is at this point. I certainly it's not a a, a conference that I'm loving. Come next month, uh, but sixteen and seven overall, and that's the fifteenth best team in Ken Palm. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think they're a little bit overvalued at this point. Uh, and Ken Palm, by the way, only makes this game two Indiana two. So I, I it again. It's it's the home team or pass for me. Although I. Everybody, every sharp guy I knew was saying Indiana over Purdue, and I just didn't want anything to do with it because all I could think about was, well, Indiana's got really one good offensive player, and he's 6'9", and he's the guy who's also going to be in charge of checking Zach Eady most of the game. I was like, oh, he'll, like, he might be fouled out by the time the, the game gets down to the wire. And uh, sure enough, Indiana gets the job done and and did a, a relatively good job on Zach Eady. I just I'm not in love with this Indiana team, but I like them a lot more than I like Rutgers at this point. So home team or pass for me.
1: All right, Griff, let's uh let's help the people save some money before we get let's, to best bets. Let's do it. Uh, use the promo code Buzzer twenty. Uh, buzzer like you're on the Prices Right or uh, you're trying to beat said buzzer. Buzzer twenty gets you twenty percent off. All listen to this college basketball podcast. It's good for seven days for this podcast release. You grab my stuff, AJ's stuff that's out there usually each night. Get some UFC stuff coming your way from him as well. I don't touch that thing because I can't name a player other than Ronda Rousey. Um, and she's I, a wrestler I, now. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> sorry, I made that joke before. Now I remember it. Um, and uh I got soccer stuff. If you want to come ride 6 a.m. wake-up calls are brutal, but uh somehow still doing them. Use promo code buzzer20 and uh, get 20% off anything at pregame.com. I'm also not going to go first on the best bets. Cause I switched it up and then we went, went 0 and two. So I'd love to give you the honors, AJ. All right. I will go first and I'll go to the a
0: 10 and I'm going to go with VCU minus three. And this was another one of those examples of, was it, do I look at the revenge or do I just think they're better? First matchup was a close VCU win at Dayton. Uh, Though it was a comeback win, Dayton led by double digits for nearly the entire first half. They were shooting incredibly, incredibly well. And in the second half, shooting regressed to the norm, and VCU cranked up the pressure. That did not go well for Dayton. Uh, they are outside the top 270 in protecting the ball. And of course, VCU top five in turning you over. So that's a bad matchup there. VCU attacks the basket. They get to the free throw line. They put constant pressure on you. Those are things that wear teams down. And if the, when team depth comes into play, Dayton struggles. They are 284th in bench minutes. But I think more importantly, if you watch this team play, the Dayton reserves just aren't very good. And for, to me, the preseason expectations were that Dayton was the class of this conference uh, and VCU was going to be down this year. And – Neither of those things have been true. So I I think we just have to readjust what we thought of these teams coming into the season. Uh, Dayton 2-5 and straight up on the road. They've lost conference games to St. Bonnie's, George Washington, and Rhode Island, all lower half of the A-10 programs this season. And VCU's up to 9-2 and in conference play. They're likely the only team in conference with any path to an at-large at this point. They had a really impressive win this weekend against SLU. Uh, who was, is, I think those two teams are probably the two best teams in the conference. So three at home feels short considering it feels like all I'm fading is preseason expectations of a Dayton team that just hasn't come close to living up to that. So VCU minus three
1: will be my best bet. What do you think? Like it, uh, Obi Toppin's not walking through that door. And uh, Anthony Grant really hasn't done anything as a as a head coach without him, um, unfortunately. I'll go for my best bet to a little bit further west. I'll go to the Utah State Aggies on Wednesday night, We're projecting them as a one-point favorite at home to San Diego State. I'll play it up to minus three. I can't imagine it'll be that high. But I really love the Utah State style. Uh, they've got a good home crowd. They shoot a ton of threes. And they're going to be really hard for San Diego State to defend because you can only push out so far and they're still shooting them no matter how far they need to shoot them. Um, I don't love a San Diego State offense. I think they're great defensively and I'm certainly not fading them like with a, a very, this is an easy one in mind because San Diego State is great. They could certainly win this game. Uh, but I just think going on the road into a Alliance end potentially where a lot of three point shots are taken, if those go in, I think it's gonna be really hard for San Diego State to keep up in the scoreboard. So I'll give you Utah State with the AJ Swami line of minus one uh, Wednesday night at home against the Aztecs of San Diego State.
0: I don't hate it, uh, and Utah State was one of the few good things that happened for me on Saturday, uh, fading Colorado State, who's down to they were down to seven scholarship players. Uh and of course by the end of the second half, or it was a close game at halftime, and then they just ground them down for the rest of the game. Uh, but San Diego State also beat me uh over the week, over the weekend, or I guess it was late last week, Friday, maybe with Boise. And I thought Boise was in a really good spot for that game. And I didn't know Shaver wasn't gonna play. I figured he was probably a coin flip. Uh, but I thought I was getting a good number on, on Boise, and the market said I got a good number on Boise, and they weren't really competitive in that game. They had nothing on offense without Shaver. They end up getting blown out by twenty. So I, I'm a little nervous to to fade San Diego State, but I do like what Utah State's been doing right now. Uh, so I, and and especially being away from Viejas, I, I feel a little bit better about that. Where we just saw uh nevada who i think is probably a good comp like for as far as like a level of competition to utah state so i i think this is a good spot to back utah state as well so hopefully we get back on track no more O and twos it was nice going all like all season we've just been coasting with no O and twos and again this weekend was a giant kick in the balls for both of us so <laughs> yeah, uh back to the drawing board but we'll uh we're always always trying to bring you winners here. I promise you. Uh it feels a lot better coming on here bragging about three, four straight weeks of two and oh's. Those are the and, fun. And don't forget,
1: to... we we bet them too. So, like we're yeah we're here with you. Like, and unfortunately, I don't want to say my unit size, but it's slightly bigger than I wished yesterday. I'll put it that way. It was a rough one. So all
0: right, Griffin, great job as always. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed the games this week. We'll be back as usual on Thursday night into Friday morning, previewing next weekend's games. But we've got some good ones this week. Enjoy the midweek games, and we'll talk to you on Thursday. Good luck, boys. Take care.